This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Well, thank you. <laughs> now, despite uh, popular uh, requests, a lot of people wanted Bob to come back. Oh, Bob's gone missing. Bob's <laughs> gone missing. For those of you that haven't listened to the program before, Bob is Bob's alternate ego. When I have a cold or when, a laryngitis or something. Yeah, or something non-COVID, or corona. non-COVID related, yes. Or COVID. Are we calling it COVID or Corona? Well, people might get confused with drink it. Coronas. Yeah, we like Coronas. We don't like COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, last time we did a um, an end of year episode, but we had the idea to do it two days after the end of the year. So we did Happy New Year's two, years, two days after New Year's. We had a lot going on. <clears throat> oh, no, I know we did. So, well, this year we've got our shit together. <laughs> and um, New Year's Day will actually be Friday, which is normally episode day. Um but of course, uh, this year we've got it a couple of days beforehand. I'm hoping I'm going to have this out probably tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, first thing. Um, these episodes are easy because I don't have to do a lot of editing to them, so Which I can just put them straight New up Year's on Eve day. New Year's Eve day. But l- last year we did the New Year's episode where we focused on what some of the ways we interact with New Year's Day. Hmm. Um which we sort of spoke about the fact that, well, this year we have no real choice. We were talking about the pressure that New Year's Eve puts on people in the fact that they feel like they need to actually be doing something or be at a at a party or be, you know, doing something exciting for the new year to to yeah. make it a good new year or to feel like they've achieved something or, or you know, they're going to have a good, good year. And the pop, and I guess when you, if you don't get invited places, the feeling of not being popular because you haven't mm. been invited anywhere. Mm. Well, we were saying how it can have a, an effect on your mental health. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, and of course this um this year, um, little did we know. Well, you know this is the thing we often we often throw about the phrase. Well, you never know what's going to happen, and it, and it's a bit of a throwaway line a lot of the time. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. You never know how the world is going to turn out. And no one could have predicted what we're dealing with. No one could have predicted that literally this year, we don't have a choice. Here, if you, The rest of the world may be different. The rest of Australia may be different. Here in Greater Sydney, which is where we are, um, we are limited to having five people in our house plus the homeowners. Um, so we can only have five people now. I've been to New Year's Eve parties where there's... There's some places in the world that are still completely locked down. Absolutely. Um, But I've been to New Year's Eve parties where there's, you know, 50 people, 100 people without even trying. And that's not a big, raucous party. That's just a gathering of people and children and friends and families and things like that. So um, there's five people. So that that has kind of been taken away from us this year. Mm. Also, the thing we spoke about last year was the, the need to do a... have a resolution... You know this this pressure that we put in ourselves to change at the end of the year, and the thing is, is you know, it's you don't need to. You can change whenever you want to, and this year I think has forced change on a lot of people. Um, so for example, um, a lot of people have talked about what a horrible year this has been, and it certainly has. And we know some people in our lives that have had horrible years this year. We're very fortunate we don't know anyone that's actually died of the virus. We don't know anyone that's even... We suspect... I think we touched on this a couple of times. We suspect that you may have had it late last year <laughs> okay. before it was a really... You know, we were really knew what we were looking at. 
Um, <clears throat> but we don't know anyone that's had it or, or died from it, fortunately. But we know a lot we of people. We know a lot of people that have been financially crippled from the ripple effect of, of the lockdowns and the quarantines and yep. what's had to happen. So Yeah, our, our good friend Steve Wisby, who's been on the show before, who um, was running a restaurant out at Camden um, that was affected by that and, and the, a particularly tough time for him. Um, my good friend Caitlin that I work with, who's a great supporter of our program, who um, is looking at getting married early next year and having to juggle that. I, I've got another lady I work with who had to postpone her wedding three times this year because of COVID restrictions and not being allowed to have the requisite amount of people. And she comes from a Middle Eastern background where traditionally those weddings are very large in number and she needed to be able to invite all those people. So had to postpone a wedding three times this year. Fortunately had very good um, marriage celebrant. But it's been an, a really incredible year and a lot of people have talked about having a really bad year. But what I wanted to focus on was what was the best thing about this year? Now, actually, let's take a step back. I'm going to ask you, Barb, and I'm going to answer the question as well. What was the biggest challenge to your mental health this year? Mm. Um, was it corona-related was it something else? It wasn't really corona-related for me. It was more motivation. Motivation, once you get into the rhythm of being, you know, you have no choice but to be at home and you have to, you can't go and do whatever you want with your day, then it, the motivation to, to up and do things is very um, is very challenging. But what I found more challenging was going returning back to the normal pace of life after having the time off where uh, when I say time off I mean when we were told we had to stay in our homes for however long how long was it six weeks a month two was, months that two months two for months us in the end, really. straight when we were when we had that that time which we had a lot of time <laughs> to just sit around and look at each other or to go for walks or to, you know, clean the house and do all the things you wanted to do because you weren't able to go anywhere or do anything. Then realising that, hey, this isn't so bad. We're actually able to have more family time together. We're actually able to be sitting down at six o'clock every night and having a family meal together and not, you know. So the, the transition of going back into work and going back into the day-to-day grind and going back into getting my daughter to school on time and then picking her up every afternoon mm-hmm. and driving in the traffic to get to everywhere we needed to go for work, that that has been a greater challenge after having it, having the opposite for, so, for such mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. and having a situation where, you know, we've never had that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say opportunity – We've never had the opportunity to stay at home because I, I'm really conscious of the fact that it has affected a lot of people for a lot of different reasons um, and it has been an adverse effect on them. But I really found a lot of, um, um, you know, a lot of good for me came out of that lockdown mm. and then having to go back into the everyday. And I know you and I talked about, you know, this is how we should live life. This is what it should be like. We shouldn't be under the pump all day, every day. Mm. And then now we're under the pump all day, every day. And then we sort of look at each other going, hang on, we're this is what we didn't want to go back to. We're back, <laughs> back to It's reinforced the thing that I've said for a really long time. And I think, you know, if you think about human history and human behaviour and, and, you know, humans have really only lived the way we live for the last couple of hundred years. Um, you know, traditionally, we wouldn't have all gone off in different directions all day, every day. The family unit would have stayed together. We would have got up. And yes, there would have been an element of work involved in our day, but there also would have been time to spend together and, and leisure time and pleasure time and and, and social time, um, which is what we kind of experienced this year. You know, humans, I don't think... I think a lot of people's unhappiness and a big challenge to a lot of people's mental health comes from the fact that and and Gary Vaynerchuk sort of says this and I'm paraphrasing but we 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 get up and we go to jobs that we don't always like 
to pay for houses and, and things that we can't really afford, that we don't spend all, uh, most of our time in anyway, to impress people that don't really matter. You know, like we, we spend a lot of our time chasing our tail for no real gain. And, you know, I think that's what we learnt this year, that it is possible to be able to work from home. It is possible to have a different lifestyle, to change your lifestyle, to spend a lot more time together. Because I agree with you, it was really nice to get up and, and just be able to go into the dining room or into the garage ultimately, which became our office here, and be able to go to work and come out and interact when I needed to interact and spend time with the family. But at five o'clock, that was it. Shoes on, outside, go for a walk, come back, still, as you say, still have... I mean, we traditionally sit down to a family dinner most nights anyway. Very but usually real. it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock Yeah, these usually days. closing in at 7, 7.30 at least. So just nice to have that little bit of extra space to breathe, I think, and... You know, when we're just not... I mean, our society is structured in such a way that it'll be almost impossible for a lot of people to live any other way. Any other way but the way we live. But in terms of how we live, kind of what we did in COVID, I think, is pretty close to how it should actually be. Hmm. In terms of, you know, families not having to, as I said, go... Like, you're, you're in one side of Sydney, I'm on the other side of Sydney, and then our daughter's on another part of the city... You know, we're all at least an hour away from each other, or 45 minutes to an hour away from each and other. We're all travelling at the same time, trying <laughs> to get back to each other yeah. by, a, by a reasonable hour so yeah. that we can actually spend some time together over an evening. And like most parents, by the time we get home and, and get dinner done, get stuff organised for the next day, get done whatever we need to get done, you know, we're lucky. And if we get, and getting a child into bed at a reasonable hour, it's, it's 9 nine o'clock maybe when she goes to bed mm. but that means we've maybe spent an hour to an hour and a half of quality time yeah you know but we don't want to discount the fact that there's a lot of people out there this that this year has been exceptionally difficult for yes. them to get through there's a lot of people that that live on their own and have been really isolated yep. um, away from their family away from their friends and you know the latest covid situation that we have here in sydney <clears throat> has been a real um you know, kick in the guts for everyone living in Sydney and and New South Wales, um, being affected by you know not being able to be with family members and or not being able to travel around to mm. be with family members after not being with them for the whole year virtually. Mm. Mm. Um, it's been a really tough time. There's been other people that have you know suffered financially in in great ways, and that's um, mm. you know, and, and that's what I've said to you recently. You know, the, the effect people are suffering financially, um, and the mental health effects are far outweigh the the numbers of people that are getting the illness. Yeah, and it, look, I want to touch on that in a little minute, but I mean, coming back to what we were saying, um, you know, for me, the toughest part of the year was the initial stages of this when, you know, when we were looking at empty shelves. And I can pinpoint a moment when I walked into our local our local supermarket and it was virtually empty. You know, the meat section was stripped bare. There was about a third of the usual fruit and veg. There, were no, there was nothing even slightly related to bread. Everything had been removed. Um, flour, sugar, rice, pasta, st- completely stripped bare. And toilet paper. Toilet paper, as we all know. Um, milk, eggs, and even multi-packs of chips, you know. And, I mean, that for me was like one of the ones where I went, man, what, that, you know, what? Number one, did everyone all of a sudden discover they knew how to, knew how to bake bread? Um, <laughs> number two... You know, like, why were we taking multi-packets of chips? Toilet paper's a whole other argument. I think that one's been discussed. Do you know, we never actually really bought lots of multi-packets of chips until this COVID stuff happened. Did, well, we didn't do that until you became addicted to cheesels. <laughs> we <laughs> never bought multi-packets of chips <laughs> until you became That's addicted how, to cheesels. The chicken before, the, what came first, chicken uh, or the egg? Because yeah. I didn't have an allergic, re- no, not allergic reaction. <laughs> I wish I was. Allergic I wish you. To I cheesels. wish you were allergic to cheesels. But but that 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 particular day, that was the toughest day. Like that was, that, that was it was like there was a part of me that just went, "How am I going to feed my kid? How am I going to feed my family? 
how does this look? What does this do? You know, it was, and and I mean that was for me. I mean, the fun, the thing about the thing about mental health when it's related to this is that is about the worst moment I had, truthfully. You know, there were a couple other times where you know there was we were told that our, our company that I work for might have to close its doors, but that fortunately didn't wasn't ever really a strong and present threat. You know, it didn't actually. Um, you know, they were able to. To, to, to do what they need to do to save it. Um, as I said, I know people that lost jobs, that lost organized businesses, that you know that had other horrible things happen to them throughout the year. As we spoke about Mr. Wisby and, and his business, unfortunately, um, burning down um, this year. So other people had these other things. But that was still like just a really horrible moment. And I, and I guess one of the things that we want to do in this podcast for people that have listened to it is it's not about the horrible moments, it's about what you have responded to the horrible moments, right? So in terms of what you talked about before, Barb, where you said, you know, look, okay, you know, at the beginning of this year, actually, you, you know, to give people, and we've spoken about this on air, you were job hunting. Mm. Um, you know, you started to job hunt and go for interviews right in the middle of COVID. You had interviews cancelled because of COVID or jobs were not, you know, people didn't call you Going back because of COVID, yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, you were... You, that happened, we were looking at living on a single wage, we then had a child that needed to be homeschooled for that period of time. So lucky I wasn't working. <laughs> but then this is the thing, There's, there were positives in that. You know, we were lucky that we were able to take advantage of a couple of the government um, programs or initiatives to help us out financially. So it wasn't a great big burden on us financially, there wasn't a massive, you know, loss on our behalf. We got through that pretty easily, and people did get through this year. I mean, you know, people did have these really tough times, and they did get through. I want people to look back at the year, and 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 part of what I want you to do in this episode is look back at the year and go, well, what happened, and how did I manage it? Like, how resilient was I? Because we all have this level of resilience. You have it. I have it. That ability to to manage and cope with stressful situations and come back from them. You know, we looked at each other at being in lockdown and we went, this is going to be shit locked inside a house with each other for two months. We are going to kill each other. And we came out of it better than we've ever been, you know. And because we didn't have the daily pressure. The pressures, yeah. And the daily grind of yeah. what we have now. <laughs> and, again, and, again, and again, there were other people that had um, different experiences. Obviously, we know people had domestic violence experiences, all those sorts of things. But it was good for us. And for, for me, in terms of professional stuff, you know, it made me learn some new skills. It made me do some new things. It made me, you know, get more creative with how I did my job. It made me do my job in a different way. And it gave us the opportunity to... And for people, I mean, I guess I'll be open about it. I work as a trainer. So my business is standing in front of a room full of people and, and talking to them and, and teaching them about what it means to be a disability worker. You know, I couldn't do that this year. I think I can count on one hand the amount of rooms of people I stood in front of this year. Um, so, you know, we had to learn how to learn how to do that on webinar, and that was a big pressure for me. Like, I didn't know how I was going to do that, um, but I had to learn how to do that via Zoom. So, whilst this year sucked, you and I aren't international travellers, so that wasn't particularly an issue for us. And yeah, it limited some some interstate travel, and there were some other things that happened, but. It actually, there was a real positive this year that I got to learn how to present via Zoom. I got to learn how, learn how to put together webinars. I taught myself how to use all this new AV equipment that we purchased at work because um, I knew that was going to give us a, a more professional standard and, and we were able to use that. So there were some really positive things. And you got to spend a lot of time with your wife and your daughter. Yeah, that was awesome too. Um, that was. You no, just said no, it was no, good, no, and I did. Yes, no, I did. <laughs> swear to God. But you know, and so that so this is the thing. I, I want one of the things that we ask people to do in the past, and I, I try and do this as often as I can, is to do a gratitude journal. And we were talking about this today. Gratitude is focusing on what you have versus what you don't have. Um, and one of the ways to sit down and approach this every day when you do it, don't say I'm going to. Great, grateful for my kids and my house and because you'll always have those you'll always be grateful for those and it'll just be you'll be repeating yourself over and over again it is what happened today like drilled down into the day what happened today that i'm grateful for what 
what actually happened because what it actually does is it and, and i believe the, the study was at the university of massachusetts um it forces you to start looking for the positives in your day you know and Kara, who was on a few episodes ago, sent me a um, an Instagram photo the other day of you know, and it's I've seen this a few times where, you know, I get a jar and every single day write down something good that happened in the jar, and put it in the jar, and you know, at the end of the year you have three hundred sixty five good things that happened. Do three gratitudes a day, and sometimes they'll be the same. Like quite often, one of my gratitudes is. You know, had a really good hamburger today, <laughs> or had a you know had a really lovely meal. Like something to do with food, always. But you know, but at the end of the year, you have over a thousand things that happened that year that were good. Do you know when I hear like I've seen that mm. idea, yeah, and I think to myself, oh wow, that's a whole year away. That's a long time. And then oh, we're sitting here now. Yep. And I'm remembering back to when we were sitting here doing our last New Year's Eve one going, oh, yeah, 2020 is going to be great. Rah, 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 rah. And it only feels like last week. Yeah. And yet it's been a whole 12 months. Yeah. So when you think about something, you go, oh, yeah, I've got it. that takes too much effort for a whole year. That's too long. Mm. It's actually not that long. No. It goes really quick. Because you know, the older you get, the faster it goes. The older you get, the faster it definitely goes. So what I want, one of the things that I guess saved me a bit this year was to sit down and really focus a bit on gratitude um, and to sit there and go every day, go, okay, what are the three things? And I, I didn't get it done every day. But one of the wins for us this year was um, one, of, one of our family who, unbeknownst to us, sat down and did the 42-day mm. gratitude thing and sent us messages afterwards saying, mate, it's helped me immensely. I'm I'm just so positive. I'm looking... At, at people are getting the shits with me because I'm just walking around being positive all the time. And um, and that was incredible to see. And this was someone that was completely unexpected. I would never have expected him to do this. Mm. Um, you know, it's a family member who's the big sort of burly Aussie bloke. And, and he sat and did it this year. And it was really wonderful to know that somebody did that and it actually affected them. And, and, and they, it meant that to them. So in terms of... So I guess that's the other thing question is, you know, and I mean, may have already answered this. I mean, I'm, I think I have answered it, but, you know, what was the way you managed your mental health this year? And I want people to sit and think about that as well. So as we sit there and say this, um, even if you have to pause this and just have a think about this, like what did I do to manage my mental health this year? Because there would have been those, those bag of tricks that you have that we talk about all the time that you that you manage use to manage your mental health. Mm. Well, yours were chisels. What else? <laughs> I think um, I think we found throughout the year because of the restrictions that have been that we've had, we had to become creative. And there were things that we were doing that were quite creative where we weren't able to go and see someone for their birthday, for example. Yeah. So we would turn up at their house with all the balloons and, and you know, and a big basket of things and so and drop it at their front door and see them at, at on their on their veranda. Or and, and that was actually one of my favourite moments of the year when our friend Eliza, who again has been on the, the show a few times, did a drive-by on the day before my birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and th- that's the sort of thing I'm talking yeah. about. Like, really, really... You had to think outside of the box this year. Yeah. And, you know, I know last year when we did this episode last year, we were saying, you know, you still have the same amount of time in the year. You still have the same 365 days and you still have the same opportunities as you as you would every other year. Don't feel down about, you know, yeah. when you're doing things. And this year we didn't have that. We didn't have the same opportunities as we would have every other year. But but as a collective group of people in Sydney, in Australia and in around the world, we've all had to think outside the box and do things really creatively. Mm. And another thing, you know, and hopefully out of a lot of the, the creati- creativity that's come from this time, we'll be able to take things into the future and start new traditions and new ways of doing things like for example the anzac the anzac the driveway um, the anzac 
morning service that we would normally, the dawn service that you normally have on Anzac Day, which is something that um, is commemorated by Australians and New Zealand. Um, that's something that normally people would be going to a dawn service um, on Anzac Day, the 25th of April, but they were unable to do that this year. So it was encouraged for people to go out on their driveway, on their driveways with a candle and listen to the dawn service that was going to be broadcast. On the ABC. Yes. Yep. So, and that was something that we did and that was something that, that you know, really brought people together, I, I feel, because hmm. there were people that had, they were, it was just a really lovely way of, of doing it and I think, I'm hoping that that's something that, and I know there was talk about that's something that we'll do every year now. Yeah. And I think that could be really, you know, for families who... Uh, the dawn service is a, a really fantastic experience for those of you that have been there. You know how just emotional it is, but to be able to just stand there. Like if you've got young kids or babies, it's yeah. hard to get them out to get to yeah. a dawn service. So but it's, it's easy it's to just an alternative get way. up at 4.30, walk out your driveway and away mm. you go. It's an alternative way to And to we were walking then, so we went for a walk. We went for a walk afterwards, remember? Yeah. And we were up and we were out and walking around and watching the sunrise at, at, at yeah, it was 6 a.m. It was beautiful. But yeah, and and, and I think, so that's, I am I'm, I'm, I think I agree with you. I think some of those little things, that it did force us to be more creative and it forced us to, to acknowledge people in different ways and, you know, that was really nice. It was really good to be able to do that and I, I 100% agree with you. I'd happily um, do the dawn driveway dawn service again i think it'd be amazing to do that every year and just go out and you know i know there were people there were neighborhoods where people then took that as the opportunity to have breakfast to have a barbecue breakfast and mm. continue on with their day with each other and and you know at least have some connection because that was at the heart of lockdown for sydney mm. as well where we were really desperate to see each other and talk to each other again um okay so what were you going to say I was just going to say, during this 2020 time, um, I really feel for the single people out there who started 2020 going, oh, I'm going to find the love of my life this year. That's what I'm going to do. They might have, though. Well, how can they? They can't go and how can it's they go? It's an online world now, darling. There was no Tinder when yes, you and I were fine, young. Yes, that's fine. But say they meet up with people. They can't, you know, they can't. Jiggy, jiggy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's what you call it. <laughs> But they, they, this is a family very, program. They're very know? restricted in in what they can. Oh, um, I think I think you'll find that pass young, on to each other. Yeah, well, they're, they're probably that's probably a good thing that they can't pass anything on to each other. Can, but but any kind of virus. Okay, okay, okay. okay the herpes okay. simplex virus, gonorrhea, <laughs> COVID. Stop it! They've been around for a long time. Um, think about this, yes, right? Yes, darling. A long time ago, now you and I <laughs> yes. started going out. With each other early in the year. So we started going out with each other 11, in January. It was 11 years ago this year. We were beginning our courtship, my love. Yes. So Jan- January, right? Mm. So what was the time that they said, right, nobody's allowed to go out the door? That was in March, say. Mm. So we were only, take it, look at it in the same way. So we mm. were only going out for a very short time. Mm. Now, if they had said to you, to us at that time, now, you're not allowed to go out of your house, what would you have done? Would you have gone, okay. Because at that stage, you weren't even that worried about me that much. So would you would you have gone, okay, Barbie, well, I'll see you in a few months? Or would you have said, I've got to move in with you? Like, would we have moved in together and spent our whole lockdown time together in an early stage relationship? Or would you go, see ya, I've got... All these other girls that I'm talking to. I'm probably going to cut this bit out of the episode, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But imagine if you were trying to, you know, start your relationship up early and everything. Oh, you've got you got to be apart now. I've got no answer for you. Or you've got to stay together now. You're going to live in each other's pocket. I've got no answer for you. I don't know if I'd wanted an answer, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel for those people. Okay. I wonder if they got to who now... Else you, who else do you feel for? <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. I wonder if they got to now still together. Yeah, look, if you were one of those people who met somebody, say, December last year, 
just to fill you in, Barbie and I first started communicating on a boxing day and went on our first date two and a half weeks later, nearly three weeks later. It took him so long, I was uh, going to ditch him. December 2009 slash January 2010. Um, so if you were one of those people, in the comments below, just let us know. How did you go? Did you stay together? Did you ditch each other? What, how did it look? What would you have done? I've no, I have no oh, answer you know, for you. I'm not going to answer you. I'm not. I'm. I'm not even going to tell you. I probably wouldn't have moved in with you. Wouldn't have. No. No, no I wouldn't have wanted you to. No, but we we would have stayed in. We would talk to each other, and if it was nowadays, we could FaceTime every day. We could do all that sort of stuff every day. Do you day. remember we used to ring each other on the phone? Like we talked for hours and hours. would ring me at nine o'clock in the night, right? And we talked till midnight. That's that's too. Was it after midnight, like one o'clock in the morning, we'd be talking. He called me at nine o'clock. I'd be like, mate. If you want to have these long-winded conversations, we need to, to listen, be talking at 6 o'clock in the it night. It takes two to tango on a conversation, love, and you were just as good as I was. Don't you worry about that. Anyway, weren't they the okay. days? Those, those were the olden days when we didn't have I'm to worry surprised about all that this you lockdown. I'm and... surprised you and I stayed together through lockdown. That, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right. You're just saying couple how great A th- couple it was. of things we want to do oh, before. Oh. Listen, this isn't about. I'm definitely going to cut that whole bit out of this. <laughs> couple of things that we need to address before we finish because I don't want this to be a 55 hour episode. Couple of things. Um, you listen to every single episode every week. What were your favourites this year? What were your probably top two or three episodes? Or the ones that I was in. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is without notice. It is without notice. What were the ones that you can... If you sit back now and think, man, that actually that thing that that person said really hit me, what was it? I've got a couple. I really enjoyed Cara's. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that was um, her weight loss and her mental health, and I think we only scratched the surface of her story. There's, there's more there. There's more we can touch on, but Cara's an incredible supporter of her Hago mate as well and, and a good friend. So I, you know, I'm very fortunate for her to sit and talk to me. Who else? Did you, was another one that stood out for you? I loved almost everybody's. I enjoy listening to everybody's stories. I probably yeah. Steve's. I love Steve's story. That I enjoyed listening to. To Steve. Wisby. Yeah. Yeah, he was last year. Sort of September oh, are you year. talking about from this year? Yeah, yeah, this oh, year. I uh, they did say it from this year. The whole lot. No. Well, I don't know when this she's year. on what times. <laughs> mm. I'll, I'll give you my two favourites. Okay, um, you go. Obviously, the last couple that we did with Amanda were oh, yes, pretty, incre- absolutely. pretty special to me. Um, because for those of you that haven't had a chance to listen to those episodes... Um, it's the last two, the, the title, The Worst Day of My Life, Part 1 and Part 2. And um, the title of the episode comes from um, the quote where she says, and I actually think this is a really powerful quote, where she says, I've already had the worst day of my life. Um, and I think, you know, interestingly enough, many of us that have had, meant, I mean, look, potentially there are days in our life that would be much worse than some of the worst days that we've had, but many of us that have experienced mental health conditions will have had what we consider to be the worst day of our lives at this moment where we've hit absolute rock bottom and we're able to come back from that you know so her her the way i took it and the way i paraphrase it was you know i've already had the worst day of my life um nothing that happens here from here on in can beat that you can't do anything to me now so i'm stronger for that i'm more resilient for that you know i i can't have anything worse than that ever happen to me and I know she's having a particularly rough time as we speak, just because it's one of the anniversaries. It's the anniversary of them getting together, so there's some you know real challenges for her. But um, Steve's story and, and what happened with Steve and his and his death by suicide is so integral to our story uh, here at How You Go, right? So that was one of my favourite chats of the whole year. Hmm. And the other one of my favourite chats of the year was with um, Johnny Lobos. Oh and yes. And Lobos, it was, it was really interesting because we recorded together in February just before this whole thing started to become an issue. And we were talking in February about how he was opening a gym and opening a, uh, you know, do, uh, opening a, um, a jiu-jitsu school called mm-hmm. the Wolf Den. And he had these, these plans. And his energy 
that chat was so fantastic. And one of the things I really connected to with him was he talked about you've got to take control of your mental health. You've got to do something about this. You, you know, if you've got any other kind of injury, you have to be the one. You know, if you don't properly look after that, it will become a permanent thing for you and you won't be able to recover from it. But, you know, mental health is the same. And he talked about how he had to take charge of his mental health. And I know a couple of people affect, were, were affected by that that story. But the postscript to, to Lobos's story is that he the, the, the place where he opened the, the jiu-jitsu school actually closed. He wasn't able to do it on opening day the way he planned to. And he, because of corona, had to wait a couple of months. The place where he actually then was planning on opening and opened eventually closed down because of coronavirus and a whole range of other things. Um, so he then had to go out and open his own jiu-jitsu school in his own building. And not only did he open jiu-jitsu school, though, he opened a full-functioning fitness centre. So they do fitness classes, nutrition classes. They've got a competitive jiu-jitsu team. He's got this incredible group of guys around him that are, that are creating this. And their motto is, we're not a gym, we're a family. Um, and I know a few people that go there and they love... Uh, the school they love the atmosphere there so he's been this you know his energy when we spoke was incredible and I've watched this actually translate into the real world so Johnny Lobos if you're listening mate this is uh, I'm full of admiration for you you've been you've done great things this year and he's one of those great stories where Corona smashed him a couple of times and he refused to give up that that mm. attitude he's got where you've got to take control he actually continued and mm. so if you get a chance follow him on facebook instagram wolf den um i think they're looking at opening a second location oh you know just, uh, just that's a real sliding doors moment isn't it so he's going into the year going well this is what i'm going to do and then through circumstances out of his control he's gone right well i'm going to Take the you know I'm going to take control of this and run with it. I was and, a couple episodes ahead when we recorded, so I had a couple in the bag, and in the I think it was about four or five weeks before between recording and putting his episode to air. In that time, as we know, COVID moves fast. He'd gone from yep, this thing's I'm well, this is happening in May. We've got a grand opening. You should come in, check it out. To nah, this isn't happening. We can't open. We can't do anything. To opening. And then the place that he actually opened the school in closing down, and him being forced by the as you say almost well, a little bit sliding doors, but you know circumstances forced him, and I mean, this drives back to what we were saying before. Circumstances forced him to do something that he probably wouldn't have done. Mm. You know, he probably wouldn't have gone and opened his own school. He, he may he probably would have eventually done it, but not at this point. Maybe down the track. It made him do something that he, you know, wouldn't have done. It wasn't on his... Yeah, it was like the universe just pushing him, going, no, mate, do it. You've got to do it. Mm. You're not going to do this yourself. I'm going to make it happen. Go. And away he went. And it was brilliant. Loved it. It's mm, great. Yeah. So so that was probably one of my favourite chats of the year and and definitely one of the things that I've really moved forward with. Um, got to have a couple of great chats with Nathan again this year, which is always fantastic. And oh, and we must speak of our friend Eliza and her achievement. Her achievement, yeah, winning a, a community service award in um, in her area um, for setting up the new Mums Village, which was her va- Facebook initiative. I think she said there's 270 mums on there now, um, and she's now looking at how to expand that. She's working with one of the admins on the site, who is a believe a qualified social worker and they're looking at doing some things together there which is incredible so great to see people our people our people achieving we didn't have anything to do with it necessarily but this is what this is about um it isn't about it, it i always say to people the stories we want you to tell or we want to tell here on how you go mate it's it's not about um necessarily reliving your trauma or all the talking about all the bad things that happened to you it's what have you done with that you know and Eliza was very open about on, on her episode she experiences postnatal anxiety postpartum anxiety she's then taken that and recognised that there's probably a bunch of other mums you know experiencing the same thing 
Um, and those moments, and now you guys had a couple of those this year where, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning she sends a message to someone and that other person just happens to be awake. But that mum that's sitting there at 2 o'clock in the morning, that, as you say, because their parents are in Queensland or Western Australia or Victoria or wherever they are, they've got no support, feeling that they're supported even if it's in a virtual sense, which is fantastic. Mm. It's, it's brilliant. Um, so, before we go... Uh, if you're alone on New Year's Eve this year, it's probably because you live in Sydney <laughs> and you're not allowed to have five people. you have to. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe there's still those people out there that will feel lonely on New Year's Eve, even though you have an excuse now. We can't literally have people in our houses. Well, not um, many anyway. But um, But it's just another day. Again, it's still just another day, you know. Don't feel the pressure to you know, be around a bunch of people. If you're on your own, you're on your own. Enjoy that. Can't stop the music's on at midnight. The village people. Watch that. I believe hairsprays on tomorrow night. Turn that on at seven thirty. Mate, do what we're gonna do. Nice little platter. Yeah, we have. Because yeah. we very rare. I mean, we have COVID-like restrictions every year. But yeah. It uh, seems to be. Yeah. So we. <laughs> We don't do much at all, but I think we're getting to the point where we really en- enjoy that and we yeah. plan our platter out and we... <laughs> happy, happy to go to people's houses. We're not antisocial, but we're also just happy to spend time in ourselves because you, you, you learn, I think, at some point where you go, yeah, you know, more to it than going getting blind drunk and waking up with a hangover the next day. Well, that's never been my thing. Oh, I've done that a few times. I know. Um, all right. I'm not going to do resolutions this year, but I do have an idea for this year in terms of um, how people can move forward with with something, with making change in their life. What what do you got? You got anything for next year that you want to do differently? New husband, maybe. Are you offering? (laughs) Chris Hemsworth's still not single. Oh my god! Well, his wife is my age. Well, that guy from the kissing booth—he's not single either. He's too young for you, though. Um. There's a really interesting thing I came across a couple of years ago and and I think 2020 was such a weird year and it forced change on so many of us. But I think for those of you like us that are still sitting there thinking there's got to be, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to chase dreams or do things that you want to do or, or just live your life slightly differently. Um, you know, there's a... I, I saw a thing with Oprah Winfrey a few years ago where she said, you don't have to really understand what the big goal is. What you just have to do is what is the next thing, all right? So this year, rather than if you're sitting there looking at resolutions, and I'm and I'm kind of am this year a little bit because I'm in the process of dealing with a couple of, as you know, Barbie, physical health issues mm-hmm. that I'm hoping will have an impact on other parts of my physical health and ultimately my mental health. Not that I have a mental health condition in any way, shape or form, but, you know... I To be motivated. Yeah, I have sleep apnea and that makes me tired all the time and I'm hoping to get that sorted out so I'm not as tired all the time and I can get back to my morning walks and get back to doing those other things. Um, <clears throat> but I guess the thing is, is you have to do something. And to touch on what we talked about with Johnny Lobos, you have to take control of your mental health. You have to take control of your overall health and well-being. So the thing I want people to think about, if you're looking at resolutions this year, maybe not a massive big goal or a huge big thing, but think about what is the one thing you need to do to start working towards that goal. And then think about what's the next thing and what's the next thing and what's the next thing. And even if it's, you know towards the end of this year I've started doing some writing for the How You Going Mate some different content that I'd like to actually look at exploring in the next 12 to 18 months Um, I've started doing writing for that started making notes and started to to look at what that might look like sit down tomorrow or the day after or the day after or the day after and and don't put the pressure of yourself of like I've got to change because New Year's even da 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 and it's New Year new me what's the next thing you can change it any time. You can change it any time. What's the next thing? Yeah, I think we said it last year. The epiphany can happen at two, you know, nine thirty on a Tuesday morning, while you're carrying your groceries to the car after dropping the kids off at school. Like that doesn't it doesn't matter when the epiphany happens. But sit down and go. Well, okay, 
here's where I want my life to change. What's the first thing you have to do? And what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? So you break things down into small chunks rather than looking at this overwhelming goal that you might say, I'm never going to do that. Just focus on that next step. What's the next thing? So, thank you, Oprah, (laughs) for your wisdom. You looked at me when you said that. Well, Well, I'm not Oprah. Well, no. I wish you were. I don't give cars away. I'd happily be Stedman. I'd be a Stedman to your Oprah. Oh, God. All right. Any, Any other pearls of wisdom before we leave? Any advice for the listeners? Well, I heard the other day, remember when we were watching that Carol's Carol's yep. somewhere and Robbie Williams was talking Yeah, and he said his advice was to unseize the day. Yeah. So don't feel like you've got to be into everything and doing everything because right now we need to Simplify. sit back and relax and not be, you know not be spreading the, the COVID and... Busy, busyness is a myth. Enjoy life. Simplify. And just... Do what's essential. Kick back a little bit. Live deliberately. Mm. Be mindful. Be grateful. Mm. Show empathy towards everyone. Which I believe we do. I think so. Mm. For the most part. That's it. Um, I Before we go, thank you to everyone. Let's listen. We've had over 10,000 listens this year. It's been incredible. Um, it's amazing to think the, the places we get listened to, literally all over the world, literally on every continent, bar Antarctica, although I've got plans in place to, to have a listen there at some point. <laughs> are um, we flying down there, are we? No, I've, I know someone that knows someone. Um, but um, but uh, maybe would, actually that's what we should do, one of those Antarctic flight things where oh, we fly geez. over it. We're not allowed to fly anywhere. We can't even fly, fly to Antar- Queensland. Fly over Antarctica. You don't have to land. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you to everyone that's listened all over the world, particularly to the people here in Australia that listen. Um, we get great, great um, numbers of people listening literally across the country from Darwin to Brisbane to Perth to Adelaide, Hobart, Canberra, um, Australia, all across the continent. And we'd love to hear from you as well. We'd love hearing from anyone that's listening. One of the one of the things that happens is that people that are on the episodes get get messages. <laughs> um, Graham McFarlane got some great messages when when he did his episode, and um, Cara got some great messages when she did her episode. We don't. I want those messages, man. Please send them. If anything we've done this year has affected you, or if anything we've ever said or written or put on our Facebook or our Instagram has affected you um, positively or negatively, but positively we'd really love to hear, please let us know because that's awesome. And, yeah. and and you have no idea the amount of time and effort it takes to, to do something like this, even on the small scale we do it. And hearing those messages are just so encouraging. I think any type of feedback is, or any suggestions or anything like that, we're really open to. But it, but it just, but what what I was going to say, what I was saying was that it's so encouraging and so energising. Mm. Makes you know, us feel like we should keep going. It gives me a boost. Like it mm. literally, you know, when I read that, when someone says something really fantastic, like it gives me this incredible dopamine hit, real boost that encourages me to go on. So, um, so please, please do that. But most of all, just thank you. And yeah, feedback, things you'd love to hear us talk about. If you've got someone that you think you might know that, you know, would be cool on an episode, send them our way. If you know someone really famous that you think might want to be on an episode, send them our way. Um, and, and, but please, most importantly this year, just keep asking each other the question. Keep asking, keep talking about mental health. Just keep talking about what's happening for you. Find your group of people that you can talk to. You can't talk to everyone about your mental health. Not everyone wants to hear your story, but find that group of people that do want to hear about it you can talk to. We're lucky we've got those people in our life. Um, find those people and and communicate with them. And don't and be, be creative. <laughs> but, don't, but don't be scared to talk about it. Um, the only way we're going to beat the stigma of mental health and suicide is by, by bringing it out in the open and, as my friend Carol says, being loud about it. So talk about it, share, um, share your stories and make sure you keep asking people how they're going. Make sure you keep checking in on people 
And like I said, the only important question, how are you going, mate? It's the most important question you might ask somebody this year. Anything? That's sums it up. Beautiful. In a nutshell. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone. Happy New Year. Hello, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, Before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favours? Number one, uh, we would very much, as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And, of course, please share this podcast. Um, The reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about and of course the sharing helps us to get our message out there we don't have any money so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message Uh, equally if you listen to this podcast now we do a warning at the start but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you loves mental health or well-being please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, if you do feel like you are need to talk to somebody uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP. Or, of course, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978. Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or, of course, the Kids Helpline on 1-800-555-1800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O. Uh, but at the very least, please um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions. And please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions. And again, if something you've heard today triggers for you, please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition, whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.